Welcome to 11.50 a.m. KKNW and Inform Life Radio. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. I'm, um, I want to take a little bit of time, though, before I get going to give a huge shout out of thanks to all of our supporters. This show is brought to you by the wonderful members of an informed uh Informed Choice Washington, who generously give every single uh, month uh, so that this show can stay on the air. And also a huge thank you to Children's um, Health Defense. They also support an hour of this show every uh, month, and we're so grateful to that. And it's so exciting to think that we are also now streaming on um, CHD TV. So, you know, more people can hear the information they need to know. It's all about getting good information, more information. And I've said this before, but it, it bears repeating is whatever you hear on this show, I don't want you to just trust me or trust my guests. I'm bringing people to you to inform you. And then I want you to take what we tell you and go explore and see, you know, learn for yourself find out um, if what we're saying holds true for you and it's backed up by what we're saying. That is so um, absolutely critical. In this age of everybody being told to defer to the experts, a lot of people are losing their freedoms. They're handing them over to people who might not have their best interest at heart. And, you know, and that we, we just can't have that, right? <laughs> we have to learn to be independent thinkers. And what I like to say is refer to the experts. Don't defer to them. Refer to them and then go check it out. See if they are, if, if you do like what they're saying, if it's backed up by um, what makes sense to you. And with that said, I'm going to bring on somebody who I consider an expert and who I refer to a lot. Um, and I love having conversations with. Um, so I'd like to bring on the show now, Dr. Uh, Ted Fogarty. It's Edward Fogarty, but he goes by Ted, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, wow, Ted, since you were last on the show, um, I guess I should um, tell listeners that you're a radiologist, um, practicing radiologist. And um, and I'm going to have, have you explain that a little bit. I'm not sure we've actually really told people exactly what it is you do and how important radiology is. Um, but since we last talked, you moved. Yeah. You're, you're in somewhere snowy. <laughs> I am. I don't know if we, your, our audience can, can see. Yeah. Some of our like, audience is on, um, podcast or the radio. So they yeah. can't see out your window to see the snow in your yard. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I'm out in Western Nebraska and lake mcconaughey and we may have a neat sunset in the background coming out in the next hour or so oh that would be nice yeah uh, uh big big sky country and yeah. um yeah so so radiology yeah um yeah so i was the chairman of radiology at the university of north dakota for 13 years mm -hmm. and um radiology is a specialty 
that is uh, really we are we are the we are the radar screens for all of medicine. We're air traffic control. Um, every patient, um, virtually every patient, at some point in their time in a hospital, will go through the radiology department, whether it's for a head CT, a CTA of the chest, an ultrasound, you know, mm -hmm. um, nuclear medicine scan, mm -hmm. whole whole body. Um, bone scan, a PET scan for which is the mainstay of oncology imaging. And, mm -hmm. and in um, Dr. Harch at LSU and my work at UND, um, we, we pioneered the protocols for reversing dementia. Mm -hmm. And we used the gold standard of positron emission tomography for dementia evaluation as our proof of the pudding on how we can actually reverse the metabolic effects of the aging brain mm -hmm. on our mitochondria wow. that end up causing dementia and, and MRIs of the brain, you know, the, the mm -hmm. Eden Carlson uh, case report, which was this miracle of the many miracles that I have been I've had the privilege of being the wingman for Dr. Paul G. Harch, who has literally over his 30 year career as a hyperbaric physician in America, he has pioneered how to reverse brain injury. And uh, the mm -hmm. Eden Carlson miracle case was just one of, you know, I think we're, I think Dr. Harch has probably treated over 50 kids yeah. with anoxic brain injury. Um, but so yeah, that... cases is where we used MRI and the gold standard of structural brain imaging mm -hmm. from out of radiology to prove that we, we basically, you know, gave the right, created the right environment for this child to regrow her own brain. Yeah. So it's, it's an amazing field that has so evolved and is so critical because getting the right diagnosis knowing, you know, what is going wrong in the body or the brain so that the right um, response, medical response can be given is so critical. And, and I don't, I'm not sure that people fully understand. I know I didn't fully understand it till I experienced it with somebody in my family. And we had experts at the hospital we were at, but I also reached out to you and I sent my family members scan to you to get your um, take too. You were sort of my second opinion <laughs> on text. And I was so grateful for that. But in the case of this little girl a few years ago, tell, tell folks what happened because she had technically drowned. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, if... <clears throat> If people want to look at this and see this case, it, it was it was one of the it was probably the I think the number one or number two medical news story in uh, the international you know indexes and national indexes of uh, July of 2017 when we published the case report and there was international and national media spotlight on. Dr. Harch's uh, revolutionary mm -hmm. uh, care of of Eden Carlson. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So if so if if people want to just go on a web search and type mm-hmm. in Fogarty, Harch, Eden, like the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. and hyperbaric. And yeah. and you you'll your your web browser will be populated with a thousand hits on yeah. on the safest and easiest way to revive a child's uh, yeah. brain injury. So um we're going to we're going to get to covid here in a bit, but this back history is so important. So we've got people with skills like you who know how to read, you know, the imagery to see what's going on. Um people like you and Dr. Harch who have pioneered therapies that help the body heal by providing the body what it needs to heal, right? Like the hyperbaric oxygen and other um other things needed for mitochondrial energy. Uh, oh, I had written down when I was going to introduce you and I completely forgot because I, I came up with a new way to describe you. You're MD radiologist, HBOT proponent, mitochondrial master, and a poet scientist. I mean, <laughs> when you read his work, you know, I mean, you have to break it apart. They could have whole like graduate student classes on some of the uh, the emails this man writes. They're they're wonderful. So So we have all of this wonderful experience with the technologies that you're very familiar with, um, healing a child so that she's just fully brain function and um, doing beautifully after drowning, um, and then reversing dementia using these therapies as well, the hyperbaric oxygen, bringing the healing to the brain. And your images show that the healing, and plus the behaviors of the individuals, right? You can amazingly see the changes in them. Yeah. In the brain healing. It's, 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 um, it's, it's an incredible, uh, sacred gift to be in this role. Yeah. And then, and then COVID hit, right. And you taking all this knowledge that you know about what health is not, you know, where you looked at it from a, a place of health and healing, not disease which I think is important here. So when, when you began to see all the reports of the symptoms of, of what was being called COVID-19, your answer was these people need oxygen, but, and I love the way you described it. You described it as if COVID made it so that um, it's like all of their, their blood was like a, a traffic jam. Mm-hmm. And when you put them on a vent, it was like trying to shove more cars onto a freeway in the midst of a traffic jam. Right. And you just couldn't do it. And you're just going to end up breaking the cars and breaking the road, breaking everything. You're not going to get more cars in there. So your brain goes, well, hyperbaric oxygen, because hyperbaric oxygen bypasses the freeway and it just puts oxygen into every cell of the body. Yeah. And it, it, Right? Yeah. By by the analogy you've just described, it would be like if everybody had in uh, in their vehicle uh, uh, a Segway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they and everybody gets out of, out on the freeway on their Segways to keep rushing past the uh, blockage mm-hmm. to get to uh, wherever uh, you know. Yeah, we need to be if 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 human beings on stuck on a freeway yeah. were were actually oxygen molecules. Yeah. 
on red blood cells they could get get off the red blood cell get on their segue or just get on their on, on their feet and just start running past the, the uh yeah. the blockage and so yeah you know that that's where it's um I, I i like to kind of uh as a medical educator for all these years and um somebody who's uh been it's it's been my job to break down some very complicated physics for our North Dakota med students and, and others. And so, um, you know, those, those kinds of analogies are, are helpful for a lot of people. And, 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 and so it's, it's hard for people to sometimes conceptualize things, but, um, when we're, when we're in an oxygen chamber, like Eden, Eden Carlson, she was actually in, in, in a 1.3 atmospheres of room air, actually, Dr. Harch recognized in um, Eden's mom that she was a little bit oxygen sensitive. So he put them together into the same medical grade hyperbaric chamber, but he used medical grade air instead of 100% oxygen. So he was using 20% oxygen under 30% increased pressure. But in in the context of COVID now, even and ventilator technology, uh, a hyperbaric environment where you're increasing the molecular gas pressure without even you know doing anything invasive, you're increasing mm-hmm. the molecular gas pressure by thirty percent. Um, a ventilator tube and an ET tube, regardless of what the gas mix is that you're putting into the ET tube but let's just call it what it is, 100% oxygen. Um, that can only raise the, the gas pressure inside the trachea mm-hmm. by about 1% to 2%. Wow. And so you have this invasive procedure. You know, I've intubated people. I've done epidural steroid injections, CT abscess drainages, thoracentesis, lung biopsies, all these procedures, right? And here's this very simple, very simple, very elegant Mm -hmm. concept of you put somebody just around their entire body in an environment where where they can be at 30% more or 100% more increased gas pressure. And and, and you can see the difference there in in just very simple mathematics. If, 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 if you're in your own soft chamber in your home at 30% more air pressure, which is a 20% fraction of oxygen, you're actually, you're still get, you're actually getting more oxygen dissolved in your, into your body and more oxygen actually in your, in your trachea than what, what an, endotracheal tube can deliver. Could do. Wow. Yeah. Um, but what's so frustrating, it was one of the, the approaches to treating COVID-19 that immediately hit systemic corruption. It immediately hit it, it's not gonna, it wasn't going to be profitable. It wasn't a brand new technology. They couldn't patent it, even though it's, they had success early on in China and all of the clinical trials using HBOT have been highly successful. 
Right. It's still not, you still have to fight to get it. And most people cannot get it for treatment. and here's the thing. It has precedent in American medicine yeah. by, the, by the hand of Orville Cunningham, who was in 1917, he was the first chair of anesthesiology at the University of Kansas in Kansas City. And he had a research vessel, vessel on the side of his home on 33rd and Harrison in Kansas City, Kansas. There's pictures of this thing. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's a 40 foot long tube. It's eight feet in diameter. It looks like the fuselage of an airplane. Now this is 1917. Yeah, yeah. There were no pressurized airplanes. They were all biplanes in World War II with open open cabin mm-hmm. goggles, right? Mm-hmm. So here's here's Orville Cunningham with the 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 functional equivalent of an airplane fuselage from 1950. In it is yard in Kansas City. That's also the equivalent of a submarine. Mm-hmm. And, and there were some of his fellow, fellow physician colleagues and a resident in particular that was basically about to die. And um, the faculty at the University of Kansas and, and Cunningham had invented a, a number of other things in, in anesthesiology. He was a pioneer on a number of levels. And so they they had a, a a young resident who was going to die, brought him into the hyperbaric chamber. Uh, Cunningham was this just like all big multi-place chambers. They don't actually have a hundred percent oxygen in there. It's mm-hmm. just it's just room air. It's just air, and it's safer. Mm-hmm. And so 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 uh, this physician, resident physician was put into a 1.6 atmosphere environment, meaning he was put at 60% higher air pressure than the ambient air pressure of Kansas City, Kansas mm-hmm. on that night. And, and what um, was he dying from? You said he was dying. Uh, oh, it was 1917. It was Spanish influenza. So he was dying of the flu. Okay. So we already, so we have a pandemic precedent already mm-hmm. for the use of hyperbaric oxygen Saved his life. Hyperbaric air chambers. Yeah. And um, of course, uh, you know, our friend Janelle Cass. Yeah. Out there in the Seattle area who has her own uh, hyperbaric soft chamber Mm -hmm. uh, clinic. And she's a U.S. Air Force trained environmental engineer who Mm -hmm. was really kind of the lead, one of the lead writers of uh aircraft hbot.org white paper and and so um you know we this is this this should not be looked at as fanciful or impractical yeah uh, because you know we went to the moon in the 1960s and what did we use hyperbaric chambers That's yeah <laughs> hello yeah. Every, right. every 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 space capsule is a hyperbaric chamber every airplane is a hyperbaric chamber that can that can tolerate every jet yeah. that can tolerate a seven psi differential between the outside atmosphere and the inside atmosphere. And yeah. so, well, so- it was a it was a brilliant idea. Here in 2020, we had all these grounded jets. Nobody was flying. They all could be turned instantly into mass hyperbaric chambers. Walk in, treat a hundred people at a time. 
still you know, can. and and yeah, we still could. And still could be still could land the jet. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere in the world, jets yeah. could land and then on the tarmac continue yeah. to increase the the gas pressure. Yeah. Through a simple uh industrial scale. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, it air compressors which are used this is an industry standard of safety, yeah. you know, and I mean, you know, Bobby Kennedy Jr. would probably like to hear this too. Yeah. This is an <laughs> industry standard of safety of that really kind of came out of, of regular checking of cabin pressure integrity when Payne Stewart uh, and, and his flight out of Georgia ended up slowly decompressing in in air at thirty thousand feet, his jet as a he was you know a uh, world famous golfer whose jet and the cabin had a slow leak in it. Mm. So the cabin pressure after they got to ten thousand feet over northern Georgia and they're heading out of Georgia to go I don't know where uh, maybe up Chicago area, but anyway the the cabin is pressurized at at once you once you get to a about 10,000 feet the cabin becomes pressurized at about 10 psi these are just ballpark numbers for people to kind of remember them easily and it's you're almost at 15 psi when you're at sea level and so so but when you're flying at 30,000 feet and and the cabin pressure has been stopped at at 10,000 feet so the 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 jet is now going up to 30,000 feet, but now you're, you're now you're in a pressure vessel mm -hmm. where, where you're being held at 10 PSI. At 30,000 feet, that's about four PSI. So as the as Payne Stewart was flying with his crew over the Appalachians, there's a slow leak. So that so they're 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 inside the cabin, they're slowly starting to go up to the top of Mount Everest in altitude, wow. in altitude pressure equivalents. And so once, once the human brain and people who are, who are, who are uh, seafaring peoples rather than Sherpas, uh, you know, Sherpas can actually acclimate and, and, and get to the top of uh, Mount Everest without an oxygen tank. And, uh, but, and, and other human beings, you know, can do that too. But, when when you're when you're acclimated to sea level life mm -hmm. or the northern plains even you're you're once you start to hit about nine psi or eleven thousand feet twelve thousand feet um, altitude gas pressure equivalent is about nine psi you start getting lightheaded i mean i've experienced this in the uh, Beartooth mm -hmm. Pass over mm -hmm. over the Montana Rockies, and so and so then you you start to lose gas pressure, mm -hmm. and you start to get tired and sleepy, and then so the the pilots fell asleep, Payne Stewart fell asleep. Wow! So so this this horrific this horrific sporting accident of sorts or impacting you know one of our icons of sports. Mm -hmm led to an industry standard of all these small jets and even the bigger jets getting uh, pressure tested on the tarmac every certain number of flights to make sure there's no slow leaks that are going to cause yeah. everyone on that plane and the pilots to fall asleep.
And so we, so everything that's in the aircraft HBOT.org white paper, yeah. the entire airline industry is already, is already creating 1.6 atmosphere yeah. the, pressure they, vessels every other year, depending on how many flights in every jet on every tarmac in yeah. this country. We, yeah. This is already being done. Well, as, as it's just we like have, just load right. the people in while you're doing the pressure check, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, as we have said many times, Ted, and in many of my guests, is it's not a matter of not having the good, safe solutions. It's um it's it's trying to overcome the corporate greed and capture of the entire system that's criminally blocking the availability of all of all of these so we've got so many i want to i mean i love this topic yeah. that's why i brought it back this I want is people... where governor desantis this we have 50 governors and I'm yeah gonna, i'm going to rank order list the governors that would <laughs> that, that probably should be already doing this with their national guard medical and, yeah. and air air national guard units we should already have the Florida National Guard working on aircraft hbot.org yeah work workflows and pathways and 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 just workflow tested on a bunch of healthy national guardsmen and yeah. national guardswomen so if anybody and, and, listening knows governor desantis and and can get his ear um contact us you know and i'll, I'll put you in touch with with ted here and we can make it happen we need yeah. one state to just go bold. myself dr mm -hmm. kime dr mickey kime who mm -hmm. who was uh the uh division head of hyperbaric medicine at the university of nebraska for 40 years uh dr harch Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, there are people in Louisiana, uh, that Dr. Harch and I have talked to, um, yeah. to even try and get this off the ground to inspire the public. Yeah. It's, it's it, very, it's a, it's an inspirational thing to think about what we could mobilize all of these hyperbaric chambers with wings on the ground mm -hmm. as mass units at airports, block mm -hmm. off a single terminal. I mean, this is where everybody's already going through the airports anyway. Right. You know, you yeah. have LaGuardia Terminal 1 under construction. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Turn it into a COVID mass unit. Have these jets come in. Have these jets yeah. that are already out there. Uh, you know, some of these supermaxes. Boeing could have actually won the hearts and minds of the entire you, world. When I, you know, I'm I'm still with Informed Choice Washington, but I'm physically in Tennessee. But when I was in Washington, my one of my senators, I got a hold of him, and I and and he contacted the people he knew at Boeing. We were working to try to get Boeing to do something. I yeah. I. I hate that it ne nothing ever evolved from that, but um, we're going to move forward from HBOT. So I just wanted to make sure our listeners, it's been a while since we really talked about HBOT. HBOT yeah. can help. It can help with COVID. It can help with long haul COVID. And, it can and, help with vaccine injury. It can help with brain trauma. It and can you're help talking with about specific stuff, but yeah. basically the, the green elevator pitch here is it's a supercharger for your entire cellular machinery and yeah. and your and your immune system yeah. it doesn't matter which cell it is every every cell has in, inside of it hundreds of mitochondria those are the power centers you're supercharging the the the, the power centers of yeah. every cell when you're in a hyperbaric chamber even for one hour a day like i just was before i got on this uh 
wonderful podcast and radio cast with you. And so people will also get it this way. If, if you had a bank account and, Mm -hmm. and, and it was basically a savings account running at 1%, uh, you know, 1% interest on a daily basis, you, you have 1% interest in this account, but for one hour a day, you can compound your interest up to 30%. (laughs) So so that's what I just did today. Uh, the molecular currency molecule of of the entire planet and all of its all of God's people mm-hmm. is oxygen. I I'm I have I have a savings account here that I'm basically getting zero to one percent on out, out here in Western Nebraska. Uh, but today, in my my bank my savings account for an hour, I I went up to thirty percent compounding interest. Yeah. And then it's just all your cells are alive and happy and healing and it's just boosting everything. But uh, so Dr. Ted, tell us though. We've got, we've got the protocols to stop, to to reverse dementia. Hello. 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 Right. But that the industry behind dementia is massive. You're fighting a massive industry, but but I'm not actually, they can't, they can't beat me. They can't beat Dr. Harch. And guess what? When, when every American family that's come to me and Dr. Harch, Mm-hmm. for dementia care you, you know and, your and, background is just very musical we're getting beeps and i dings know i know this is an on-call Omaha, doctor people so from Omaha trying to call me right yeah, now so, yeah but right. um the uh you know when 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 i you know i have a family that i've been working with during right at the start of the pandemic this family kept mom out of a out of a, a nursing home at the start of a pandemic i taught them I, I basically sold them a $4,000 soft hyperbaric chamber mm-hmm. without an oxygen concentrator, just an air chamber, taught the family how to use it. The daughter and I are friends. Mm-hmm. Dad's dad's a retired barber, knows everybody in town in the state capital, North Dakota, and and gets up and has a, has coffee with his wonderful wife. Puts her in in a soft chamber environment for an hour at 30 percent increased air pressure, while she does a crossword or takes takes a nap, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and she didn't have to go to the nursing home during the pandemic. Fantastic for, for a four thousand dollar home appliance yeah. instead of now what would it cost that family to be in a nursing home have mom oh, in a nursing home six eight ten thousand a month uh huh like right yeah. and what would it have cost them emotionally. To oh. have mom socially isolated and unable in a to nursing visit. home during the middle yeah. of this pandemic. We lost so many of our elderly um, due to neglect and and um, and feeling abandoned and the loss of social interaction and hugs. Right. I mean, you know, the healing power of a hug. Don't laugh at me, people out there. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, allopathic people. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. a hug is healing. But okay, but I want to move on because. Uh, I love hyperbaric. That's a physical machine, but there is something that you can do to charge every one of your cells. And it's a supplement you can take. I mean, you can exercise and do all that. You can do other things to oxygenate your oxygenate yourself. But I want you to tell everybody what I call Fogarty's formula. Okay. Okay. Well, it's Fogarty's formula, but it was actually, it was, it was, it was actually a, the federal cares act grant Mm -hmm. as administered by the state of North Dakota, 
paid for me to develop this super superfoods designer nutraceutical ration for the people of North Dakota and everyone else in America, basically. Yeah. And uh, Doug Gehring, who's who's uh, he's he's the ag commissioner of, of the state of North Dakota. Uh, and, and our ag commissioner actually uh, is probably one of the more powerful ag commissioners in the, in the country. And we have our own state bank as well. Uh, we're the only state in the union to, to, you know, have our own state bank. I say that as an adopted son from Nebraska uh, currently, but you know, th there's, I'm still reading films in North Dakota at night and uh, I've still got a lot of friends and family up there. And so, um, so basically the federal government commissioned you who what the fogarty yeah <laughs> to come up with the most the, the the most scientifically advanced superfoods nutraceutical play to to help prophylax people against this virus which is a vascular infection it's actually mm -hmm. more a vascular infection than it is anything else um, in terms of how the, the most damaging things are happening in people. And so, um, so it's, so it's based on a formulation by Dr. Albert B. Crum, who uh, grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, graduated from Omaha Central in 1949, went to Harvard Med School and was of our, was one of our nation's leading forensic psychiatrists in New York City until about the year 2001. Mm -hmm. And so Albert in, in, in switching over from being a clinical psychiatrist in New York City, who has ties to everyone in New York medicine and around the world, Albert had, as a young medical student, worked with Nobel Prize winners at Harvard and had been inspired about the concept of pleiotrophic uh, power of a molecule, a pleiotrophic power. What does that mean? Uh, pleo means many ways. Pleiotrophic means many ways. So, okay. so, so he actually worked on heparin, which has several different ways of Im improving the and, and dealing with the coagulation issues in, in the human body Okay. in medical school. But as he was a, a clinical psychiatrist, academic psychiatrist uh, at NYU and, 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 in New York City, he started basically understanding how important one single molecule is for all of human brain function. And what was that molecule? It's glutathione. Glutathione. I love glutathione. <laughs> and, and, and as Albert, uh, when we first started getting together in 2016, he's, he came to me and he said, Ted, the marriage of hyperbaric oxygen therapy and glutathione is a marriage made in heaven. Everything our cell does in a combustion cycle is basically the glucose coming into the mitochondria, the oxygen combusting the glucose and the lubricant of sorts, the oil in the system to protect those oxygen pistons from causing too much harm and too much heat and too much friction that the lubrication is glutathione and so hmm. our cells have been uh you know evolved all plant cells have been evolved everything on this planet has been evolved to chaperone the power of oxygen with this marriage partner this wonderful bride mm -hmm. of glutathione mm -hmm. 
And in case we don't get it in, um, we do have one more topic, but this is so important. I want to point out to people that there are many ways to increase your body's capacity to create glutathione. Yes. And there are some things you must absolutely not do if you want to avoid depleting your glutathione. Yes. And when, and the number one thing that people need to understand is that acetaminophen, mm -hmm. um, Tylenol is a brand name of it. Um, severely depletes your glutathione. So, and glutathione is antiviral, anti-inflammatory. It's, it does so many things. I like to think of it as like your, the handyman of your body. Yeah. It, it helps deliver nutrients, right? It's, it helps take away garbage. It's, it's it is, amazing. It is, it's the ultimate safest chelation agent, detoxification yeah. agent. Um, so Albert Crum, Dr. Crum basically patented in and and has paid the top flight um patent attorneys from california they got they got the the patent in canada to make the claims that uh his his formulation which is basically mother nature's formula mm -hmm. for glutathione in the right ratios yeah. it's it's patented under the the canadian patent number 2963131 and um and it's basically glycine. It's the, I call, I call it the Trinity of amino acids, glycine, uh, L-cysteine, which is actually a dipeptide, dipeptide and glutamine plus the cofactor of selenomethionine. That's basically right out of the biochemistry textbooks from a hundred years ago. This is, you know, this is how this all works. And so Dr. Crumb was like, well, what? let me patent, I'm going to patent the recipe. Mm -hmm. And, and, and this is, this has been his his intellectual property gift to the world actually is to he's created the most advanced and simple amino acid formula to help fight off all viruses mm -hmm. and in 1991 tony fauci proved that one of these amino acids the cysteine which we also use in clinical medicine as a formulation called mucamist or acetidote to actually reverse tylenol overdoses in the emergency rooms and the ICUs. Mm -hmm. And also I use it as a radiologist to protect kidneys from too much contrast. If we have to do multiple CT exams after, after somebody has been in the coronary cath lab mm -hmm. and, and the pulmonologists of the world and this country have been saving lives and improving the quality of life for every cystic fibrosis kid born in America has been put on N-acetylcysteine and it protects their lungs. It is the primary, this one amino acid is the primary nutrient of so much of our body's protein expression and function in order for your keratin skin molecules uh proteins to fold correctly you need a lot of cysteine uh hair you need a lot of cysteine mm -hmm. and 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 your when your white cells are there there there's two big feedstocks for the appropriate function of a human white cell or any mammalian white cell it's oxygen yeah. and glutathione and so when you when your white cells need to build glutathione inside the cell they need a lot of this cysteine and i and yeah. i call you know i'm just the, you, these this is oh, the cysteine this is the real cysteine chapel yeah okay? oh i love that the we real are... cysteine chapel <laughs> are human being cells yeah. getting fed cysteine yeah. To go out and, and decrease human suffering through 
simple nutraceuticals. Now and you so, started that very, very long sentence <laughs> right? with Tony Fauci. So what does Tony Fauci know that he is not sharing with the American public? Oh, he, he, and, and our tax dollars, um, at the start of the HIV crisis, basically figured out that, uh, N-acetylcysteine at the, in, in cell culture, you can, you can put it in as a nutrient for, for human lymphocytes. You know, they're, they're doing CD4, CD8 lymphocyte research. You put it in the, in the culture medium and the glutathione levels go up in, in the T cells. And then that glutathione then goes and actually attacks the toxic metals inside the cell that are inside the cell that the, the virus is using to actually turn the, the key on for reverse trans, transcriptase. Reverse transcriptase is the one RNA viral protein that is conserved across Zika virus, HIV, influenza, dengue, you know, this, these coronaviruses, adenovirus, all these RNA viruses, mm -hmm. they have one common Achilles heel. It is reverse transcriptase, which is the same molecule that we're using in molecular genetics and 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 also, um, you know, all these PCR tests. Yeah. We're using reverse transcript uh, so, reverse transcriptase. It's this one enzyme that is so important and we, we can shut it off with increased levels of glutathione inside the cell. So Fauci proves this in 91, writes a great review article on it in 92 with one other NIH affiliated researcher. Mm -hmm. And then Stanford University took it into clinical trials. And in 1996 and 97, in that academic year, I'm a, you know, I'm at UNMC in Omaha. I'm a third year med student. Stanford has already shown us this huge life-saving, life-improving benefit of of cysteine amino acid therapy in hiv mm -hmm. patients mm -hmm. and it's non-toxic it's a non-toxic safe it's one your, of the 20 that, amino acids that we all be, are that eating your body needs right, that right. We're, all, we're, we're all eating when you when you have a nice right. steak it's just when you have a nice steak, steak muscle mm -hmm. tissue doesn't have as much as skin tissue so so you're not getting the right ratios and that was kind of right. the genius of what dr crom brought into the world and mm -hmm. and also he part of part of his genius as well is mm -hmm. that you know the nac that we give in clinical medicine to save lives it actually doesn't go directly into the cell it has to combine with itself to form l-cysteine that dipeptide is actually what goes through the hurdle mm -hmm. of the cell membrane what what I find quite disgusting is, you know, in the beginning of all of this, um, there were a lot of way more educated people in the community than I understood when you and then you go to like Amazon or any of the online retailers to look for high quality vitamin C, high quality vitamin D, high quality zinc and high quality N-acetylcysteine, which you could buy they were sold out. People yeah. knew, so many people knew how to fuel their mitochondrial energy and, and their ability to shut down um, viral replication with these supplements to bolster, you know, what they needed. Yeah. And then the FDA 
a year or so later, horrified that people are buying these non-patent, not very profitable products, they now it, have made everybody pull it and they say they're Tony, calling it a drug instead of a supplement. This, but we can still this get This is where Tony Fauci is. Yeah. is he's, a, he's a racketeer and a war criminal. And he didn't as a as a as a as a as a fellow physician, he's never treated anybody. But as a, somebody who went through the same degree program that he did as a medical degree. It is a, has been an academic war general of sorts in, in, in the fight against all kinds of diseases, including dementia and, and anoxic pediatric, pediatric anoxic brain injury. All these things that I've been working with Paul Hart's LSU for with mm-hmm. that he didn't come out on day one and tell every healthcare worker in America, okay, we have this asset. We've already figured out that N-acetylcysteine is an antiviral nutritional supplement. Mm -hmm. It's also something that we already have in a formulation on formulation for all of the patients of America, for all the radiologists, pathologists, I mean, radiologists, ER docs, and and, and pulmonologists to be using in their daily practices all the time to save lung tissue, mm-hmm. to save kidneys, save kidneys. Hello. Hello. Remdesivir yeah. killing kidneys, kidneys. Mm-hmm. save lungs, save kidneys, save yeah. livers with one amino acid formulated into a drug we call acetidote now mm-hmm. or mucamist. Mm-hmm. And, and my, my, my medical partner in the hyperbaric clinic that we are putting together in Okoboji, Iowa, Dr. Brad Meyer, Save the life of uh, of somebody in Okaboji at Avera uh, Lakes Region Hospital by taking the IV mucamist protocols that I've been using for years, applying it to a patient of his who was about to be put on the ventilator, and in two and a half days she's leaving the hospital. Wow. Fantastic. And then two days later, he got fired for that. And and Bobby Kennedy wow. did a great podcast with Dr. Meyer wow. this summer, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so that's where, yeah, we, we, we have the fire have, for saving a patient's life. I just yes. cannot, and using a safe drug that's FDA licensed for other uses, using uh, an off label, yeah. which is completely legal and usually applauded. Yes. This is the criminality of what's been going on. Now we're running out of time. So I just want to say real quick that if anybody wants the full um, Fogarty formula that I call that you came up with, which is the, the, the three amino acids that Dr. Crum, um, you know, has patented, but you can, you can buy them individually yourself plus spirulina plus beet powder. If if you do it now, I like to educate through you and all of our listeners and everybody on the CHD team too. If you do it, I do simple text hyperlink thread searches in PubMed, our taxpayer funded database. You go to PubMed, you type in spirulina, S-P-I-R-U-L-I-N-A, and you can just now, you can just type in COVID, uh, spirulina and COVID, but type in spirulina and HIV, spirulina and the word viral. Spirulina has been used in African children who were born with HIV to nutritionally protect them from developing full-blown AIDS. And it, it it's it's God's greatest gift to humanity as the most nutrient-dense species on the planet. The blue-green algae. Spirulina. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. first used in, 
in the new world by the Aztecs before they would go to war. Wow. I yeah. didn't realize it was that old. That's right. fantastic. They were beating up on the Spaniards. And then when the Spaniards figured out that it's this green stuff that makes these guys superhuman, we better keep yeah. them away from it, right? Yeah. It's it's just so disgusting right now. Um, we don't have time to show them, and I, maybe I'll show them in the next hour. All of the threats going out from every single health department, taxpayer-funded state health departments, are threatening doctors oh. who, number one, dare to use treatment protocols. People are protocols. trying to take my license away in every state in the union. Right. right they're, the, but they're threatening doctors who are practicing good medicine, saving lives with off-the-shelf um, safe protocols proven to work. And they're threatening doctors who give fully informed consent to anyone considering getting a COVID shot. Mm -hmm. Their license, I mean, the letters from these, it is so disgusting. Um, yeah. what is happening? Um, and you know, we've been dealing this and watching it grow and grow and grow. And, you know, it's really time to take legislative action. Um, every state needs the to drop legislation. The attorneys general. Okay. And, and in the good I, I, states, you don't, yeah, not in Washington I, state and captured states. Agreed. But, <laughs> but we have, we have a nexus building of, of good attorney, attorneys general. That's true. And everyone who's watching this you have to you have to watch bobby kennedy jr working with the attorney general of louisiana in a senate yep. hearing two two three days ago yeah and taking pfizer's own data and totally obliterating pfizer fantastic it it, it, it is <laughs> the most important uh, these two attorneys bobby mm -hmm. kennedy jr and the louisiana attorney general this is the most important 15 minutes of, of a public hearing that, that I think we're ever going to see. And, that, and, and Bobby needs to keep doing this with every, yeah. every other attorney general that he can get involved like he did with the Louisiana one. Yeah. But the, the, we, we, we just had, we've had a very a successful uh, in the Midwest, the attorneys general of North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, and Wyoming the entire um, Mo Missouri and Platte River Valley basins. <laughs> yeah, my my little hyperbaric um, endeavor in in research. If you type in PubMed and you type in the word Moplat, the contraction Moplat. of Missouri and Platte, Moplat yeah. or Mop Latte. <laughs> if you type that word into the into PubMed, you will come up with one one scientific article on how to how to reverse dementia. Yeah, cool. But these but these attorneys general from the middle section of these two great rivers in the middle section of this country have have got a, a federal judge to put an injunction on any healthcare worker being forced to be vaccinated in mm -hmm. order to maintain their job. Now, yeah. I know from personal experience it's not working that way. Yeah. Yeah. But at least there at least we have it on the federal record. Yeah. That these hospitals are now they're going to be at risk for firing people in healthcare for not for for, for wanting to continue their practices of medicine and nursing because mm -hmm. they have natural immunity and they do not need to be exposing their own bodies and they are biological assets of this country as well in healthcare. I don't want them as a as a as a general in medicine of radar medicine and an attorney general of the Upper Plains River system. I don't want our, our fellow healthcare workers 
having this bioweapon injected into their body. Yeah. Oh, okay. And we've got like just a few minutes to hit on the topic we originally were going to be talking about, but you know, we gave, <laughs> I think we gave our listeners great tools for health and healing, which is well, yeah. really important. And then we're going to leave them with a little bit of scary stuff here. So bioweapon. Yes. <laughs> um, there's a big bioweapons convention happening um, soon. Well, you were saying you're in conversation with my co-host who's not here today. <laughs> yes. Um, it, and it's, it's, this is a very important thing that happened in 1989 in this country. Um, the 1989 biological weapons, anti-terrorism act was passed. Well, it wasn't passed until May 22nd of 1990, um, which is my father's, uh, 50th birthday. That's why I remember that. But, um, this one law and act allows for grand jury trials of murder against these corporate folks and and all of these people in in this entire cabal and nexus of people in the know who who basically helps people in wuhan china develop a bioweapon that is destroying humanity wow and, so, and and yeah. and and i'm just gonna pull in pull in my my christian religion we got like 30 seconds thing here very quickly for everyone <laughs> listening it is my firmly held religious belief that revelation is talking about right now and these covid passports are the mark of the beast system and it also is tied into uh world property uh the 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 world's yeah uh 666 2020 microsoft patent on taking every human being and turning them into a cryptocurrency okay that's and with exactly that... what's going on with bill gates all right yeah and there's a lot of people who agree with you there's other programs that go more deeply into that you've been listening to and inform life radio thank you ted um on 11 50 a.m kknw we're going to take a break and we'll be back Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy. But we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. 
My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. We need a revolution. There's only one solution. I need somebody to show me, somebody to show me love. We need a revolution. Hello, hello, and welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. Um, it was great having Dr. Ted Fogarty on last hour. He is always uh, such a treasure. Uh, sometimes a little bit challenging to understand him because he's so brilliant and he knows his, his science and his field uh, so much, but I hope you were all able to glean the important um, information there. Uh, HBOT therapy for so many things, explore it, research it, ask for it when you need it. And um, mitochondri mitochondrial energy, you feed it with the right amino acids, spirulina, look up spirulina. Um, if you go to informedchoicewa.org, look up, uh, just search for Fogarty, F-O-G-A-R-T-Y, and you're going to find um, when he was our guest on before, and we put that formula down for the Fogarty's formula, which is, is so wonderful. Um, our, our next guest, uh, I have not had the pleasure of meeting yet. I'm very excited uh, to meet him. Uh, I'm going to start off, but before I bring him on, I'm going to play for you. A lot of people have already seen this, um, but not everybody has. I, um, I want to share with you uh, let's see if I can go ahead and do this. I'm, I'm, I'm new at our new system here. So if everybody kind of bears with me a little bit, let me get to do, 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 if I'm finding it. Um, that's not it. And that's not it. There we go. Uh, there we go. Um, this was sort of his claim to fame. And so he's a Washington, a former Washington state trooper. This was his very last day as a trooper. So I'll just go ahead and play this for you. For those of you on the radio or listening to podcast, you, the image you're seeing is, um, is, is trooper um, in his car. It's a little dark and he's, he's holding on to his, his uh, mic. I don't know the right terminology for it. He'll tell us when he comes on, but go ahead and take a listen. This is my final sign off um, after 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington. 
um, being asked to leave because I am dirty. Um, numerous fatalities, um, injuries, I've worked sick, I've played sick. Um, we've buried lots of friends over these years. I'd like to thank you guys. I'd like to thank the um, citizens of Yakima County, as well as my fellow officers within the Valley. Without you guys, I wouldn't have been very successful and you've kept me safe and got me home to my family every night. Um, thank you for that. Um, wish I could say more, but um, this is it. So state 1034, this is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car and JNZ can kiss my ass. That was that was it. That when uh, State Trooper Robert LeMay said, "Because I'm dirty," it's because he was refusing to get a COVID nineteen vaccine. And the way the language is swirling around in in the states where they're pushing so hard that they're actually firing good people, um, the language is "f you're just, you're dirty, you're diseased, you're a danger to society if you don't get this product that does not." prevent infection transmission, hospitalization, or death. So with that, I'm going to bring on uh, Robert LeMay. Are you there with us? There he is. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm, I'm just so honored to have you on, on the show. It's, it's a pleasure to meet you. I was so inspired the first time I ever saw that video. And I was so thrilled that you were free today to come on and, and talk to our listeners. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm a pleasure to be here. It really much is. Um, over the past two years, so many heroes have been created. And by that, I just mean average people who saw what was going on and found the moral courage to, to follow what they believe to be right in their heart and soul. It's not easy to do. And you did it. And you were one of the first and you did it in a very bold and public way that inspired so many people. I mean, the cheers that likely erupted in, in, in people's living rooms and everywhere when they heard you, especially that last bit, which I won't repeat again, um, <laughs> but it was so awesome. But, you know, um, I'm going to back things up a bit because you've been on a journey as all of America, America has been on a journey. So I want to take you back pre COVID. I want to take you back to who you were as this great straight state trooper. You've got a family. Tell me what you thought about pre COVID. Did you ever give infectious disease like flus and colds and the vaccines that target you know, any infection did, was that part of your life, your, your thought in everyday life? Well, I'll be honest with you <clears throat> to a point it is, I mean, the, the line of work that we're in, we deal with a lot of uh, bloodborne pathogens. So we were always taught about, you know, PPE um, protection prior to being a state trooper. I worked in nuclear power plants. So I was familiar with, you know, things you can't see that can attack you. So 
it's always part of your job. You're dealing with people, you're wrestling, you're fighting with people, they're coughing on you, they're spitting on you. Um, I've had, I mean, blood on bare skin, um, things of that nature that we've always concerned about, but we always took the proper precautions to make sure we're safe. And, and that was kind of it. I mean, we've had just a whole slew of things. I mean, there's so many different types of diseases out there right now where I'd be crazy to say I wasn't concerned over the years and, but taking proper precautions and understanding that's part of the hazards of what we deal with and, and we move on. So, and in the past, was there ever a precaution that you were asked to take that they wanted you to adopt as part of your precaution protocol that made you step back and say, no, like you did with the, the COVID shot? Not really. I mean, they, they have the the different types of shots they offer for you, you know, for hepatitis or um, things like that, that, that you come about in your line of work. And I remember as a, as a young trooper in the academy, um, they had the, the medications or things you could possibly take if you wanted to, but it wasn't something that was really pushed. It was more of a, you know, take this just so if you don't want to take it, that's fine, but you need to sign this precautionary document. It was more of a CYA for the state. But there yeah. wasn't one thing they said, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you you felt respected in your choices, it sounds like. It was an informed decision. They told you what was available, what it protected you from, and left you to make your own informed decision. That's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> right? Yes, um, yeah. And, and then, so tell us what life was like pre-vaccine, but while COVID was going on, um, what was your life you know, what did you experience as a trooper? Well, when this first came about, um, we knew there was something going across the world, if you will. It wasn't necessarily in Washington state yet, um, but we were hearing about it and we were taking the proper precautions. I mean, washing our hands and we always carry sanitizer wipes and, and products in our car to protect ourselves. We, we mm-hmm. carry bottles of bleach and water so we can actually, you know, douse the back seats after people come to, to protect people from you know, any type of um, diseases out there. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. we've done the regular precautionary issues with that. Um, So we kind of started hearing the rumblings that they were going to start pushing this, this COVID um, program. Well, if you look at some of the States in particular, our state um, it's ran by a bunch of liberal folks. And it seems like most of the liberal States, um, New York's another one, you know, California, um, it went from ba- basically being a let's protect our employees to how big can I get? I want to get onto a, a political level above my pay grade. Um, that's my end goal. We started to see that. Um, it was more of a precautionary to, well, yeah, we really need to do this. So when we started asking the questions about, okay, tell us about this. Any of these other things we've dealt with from hepatitis to HIV, um, they've always had very good information and in explaining to us the choices that we had coming to us. This one they didn't. Even our command staff had reached out to the office of the governor and uh, the health department and asking for some clear directive in regards to personal protection for the employees. And basically, they just got shot down. They said, just trust us. And that's kind of how it went. Yeah, it's very frustrating. So, you know, and uh, members of the general public were finding the same thing. Show us the science behind what you're asking us to do. Right. And especially when we began seeing um, all of the consequences of the various protocols and the various restrictions that they were expecting to do. And it's as if nothing mattered but COVID. It didn't matter, you know, if your elderly aunt uh, 
died of sadness because nobody was allowed to visit her. You know, she was sacrificed. Um, somebody who spent 30 years creating a business and it was deemed unessential. They lost that, you know, and, and, and everything rippled out, you know, from that. Um, mm -hmm. And the deaths of despair, the, um, the heart attacks, it just it's so much uh, happened and you get nothing. You know, I remember once reading, we were looking into trying to figure out, did they have any clue that they were going to cause this devastation? And in the state of Washington, well, yes, they did, because we found some um, some early work before they decided to, to lock down and restrict society. These steps they had gone through, reaching out to people to say, what will happen if we restrict here, if we shut down this? And they had listed pretty much a lot of the damage that we were seeing, and their their mitigation column, their column about what to do were so absurd. So like an answer to pe people being really depressed because they've lost jobs, they're about to lose their mortgage, um, you know, they can't feed their family. It was to set up a hotline for people to call. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't make it happen, you know? And I'm so sick of hearing that, um, that COVID caused all this damage. No, 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 no. The state response to COVID the federal government's response to COVID caused all the damage. And like my previous guest, Dr. Ted Fogarty, has got at least two winning, safe, available answers to prevent uh, severe disease and death from COVID. He, you know, trying to get those off the ground. Yeah. Um, impossible. And then, you know, we've got the FLCCC with the ivermectin and all of their protocols. You know, um, it's it's just it's just really... It's infuriating, and I can see. And so, it's so a lead us up to that moment when finally the mandate came down, and you were faced with, and they wouldn't accept your religious exemption or any sort of exemption. How did that work for you? Well, they actually did. So, um, we a bunch of I'm I'm a God fearing man, so it's like, hey, we're going to go with religious exemption. I didn't agree with how they manufacture these drugs or the testing. Not to mention it goes against our constitutional rights. So there was two things I was not happy with. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'm trained as an investigator. I'm asking questions and I'm not getting answers. And mm -hmm. to me, that's a big red flag. Um, I, I have no troopers that I worked with. I mean, they were dropping like flies, physically dropping and being rushed to the hospital. I have a 37-year-old uh, detective that was on a heart monitor because he blacked out while he was driving after being vaccinated. So when I start seeing people drop around me, and I'm not as well-versed as your previous guest. I mean, I know there is a lot of good products that are out there that will help and prevent. I know doctors that are trying to prescribe those. But mm -hmm. when the medical system is actually going after their medical licenses for saying, yeah. hey, there's another way other than these toxicology stuff they're giving you, these, yeah. these scientists, um, I, I got to throw up red flags. So mm -hmm. when, when it came to the point of actually doing the um, the documents, we submitted them to the state and many, many of us did. Um, they basically didn't even look at them. They said, yeah, we recognize you have a religious exemption. We got you, but sorry, there's nothing we can do to accommodate you. So therefore you get the vaccination or you're, you're going to be fired. Even though you had safely been doing your job all this time without infecting anybody or anybody infecting you. Um, right. You know, and it's crazy because people in Washington state, even if they work 100 percent remotely and they never have to see another soul, they're being told that their religious exemptions are being accepted, but they can't be accommodated. 
Well, an interesting thing too is that it seems to vary per agency. So, um, like my daughter went to Central uh, University. She was going there. She's trying to finish that off. So, for her to actually um, finish school, she was going to have to be vaccinated. Well, of course, she wasn't going to do that. So, she dropped out of Central just short of getting her full degree. Um, now, if you go to University of Washington, if you work remotely, you're required to have a vaccine. Washington State University does not require that. Um, state a- agencies in regards to, um, you know, what you can and what you can't do. Some will say yes. Some will say no. Um, DOT is a great example of that. I mean, some people were allowed to stay. A lot of them weren't. So, um, it boils down to, you know, this really isn't a vax- vaccine deal. It, it's, it's a power thing. Um, oh, yeah. when, you look at, when you look at New York city, I mean, that mayor, he's out on the 1st of January and he's putting down a mandatory vaccine mandate. I mean, that's only for political reasons. Um, oh yeah. Let, let me share with you. I'm going to, let me see if I can do this again. I'm, I'm again, new at sharing screen here. Let's see. Um, Chrome tab. Let me pick which one I get this one here. Cause you mentioned New York and I just wanted, are you familiar with the COVID and coffee.com? Uh, no ma'am. Oh, I highly recommend Jeff Childers is a brilliant attorney down in Florida. And okay. every morning you wake up, you get this email COVID and coffee. And he goes through everything that's going on. And he's so funny and so sharp that this is the, this is today's that he goes, I haven't had a chance to read today's, but I want to find, um, oops, that's not going on. I got to go to back here. Okay, here we go. So every, yeah, I want everybody to hear this too, about how wonderful this COVID and coffee to stay on top of things. It was Wednesday, the 8th that he covered in New York here. Here we go. He says, well, that was fast. New York City Mayor um, Bill de Blasio's newly announced vaccine mandate on all private employers in New York City has already been enjoined. A Manhattan court yesterday entered an order temporarily stopping the mandate pending a hearing on the full injunction motion on December 14th. The attorney for the plaintiffs is Patricia Finn, an excellent attorney who's been fighting for people's rights for some time in New York. Um, So it's so exciting to see that. Now, um, I know uh, Patty Finn. She's awesome. I, I I'm on her radio show on Monday sometimes, Excellent. and it's so exciting to see these these wins happening. Um, so that's in New York, and then we've got some big ones that are happening that that are shutting down the orders coming from Biden through OSHA and through so many other. You know, my heart breaks for employees who were who who got the shot against their free will. And now it turns out that if they waited longer, they might have, but you know, some people couldn't, some people couldn't wait longer. They, they, they felt they couldn't. Um, that's why I admire your bravery because you modeled, it could be done. Well, thank but, you. you know, yeah. It's sad. You know, I look at the friends around me and again, I'm not as well versed as your previous uh, person on here, but when I start looking at people around me and I, every time I do a speaking engagement, I have people come up and tell me more about the side effects. I mean, we, we have a friend of ours. She's on a 14 day um, menstrual cycle. She's got hot spots as across her face. And I mentioned that at one rally, I had three other ladies come up and tell me the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had guys with uh, the part of their faces are paralyzed. Part of their bodies are paralyzed. These are all side effects. So when you start looking at the, actually the COVID disease, if you will, um, the side effects are pretty, pretty light compared to the side effects with the treatment. Um, I was just informed today of a friend of ours actually is in the hospital and 
they did the old, you know, let's give them the medications, let's put them on the tube. And as of today, they're supposed to be pulling her off and they don't expect her to live. She was only on there for a week. So it's, it's disgusting when I hear these, these friends and family members that go have COVID, they do, you know, X, Y, Z medications that are actually healthy for them, you know, and they live through this and then they do what the, the doctors are telling them to do and they die in hospitals. Oh, um, I'm so, I'm so, so, so the person who's going to be taken off the vent had two shots and then got COVID anyway. I don't, I, I'm not sure what she's had for shots, but the treatment, I'm, I'm finding that quite a bit. We oh, had the a, remdesivir in the vent is killing man. people. Right. So what I have heard though, some of the, some of the excellent doctors out there are, if, if at all possible, what they're recommending, if that's the stage where your loved one is, insist on having them put on hospice and get them home and find a really good doctor who can there then administer the the protocols and at least give them a fighting chance. Like our, like Ted Fogarty said, if you could get them in an H-bot, if you could get them some um, N-acetylcysteine and get them in an H-bot, maybe things could be turned around. I, I know that's really challenging. It's like, where do we even begin with that? But I encourage people to go to flccc.net. Um, i um, I believe that might have been where I was first he hearing that recommendation that you get your loved one home on hospice so then they can have some support um, and and find a good doctor. And I do recommend people find a doctor now before you're sick, before a loved one is sick, right? So you're yes. prepared to keep yourself out of the hospital. And if somebody gets severe, you can have um, the treatment at home. Um yeah, so be, I mean, be careful about that. We have doctors, physicians that are actually doing the right thing, and mm -hmm. the hospitals are actually trying to go off their medical licenses. I'm hearing oh, that quite yeah. a bit from doctors as well as nurse yeah. practitioners. Right, exactly. And that's, um, I wanted to share that with you too. Uh, what, let me see, I'm going to do this again. Share um, and share. And then I'm going to go to a Chrome tab. I'm getting there. Here we go. Um, so, I've got some posts I'm bringing you to informedchoicewa.org website um, where we give you some action steps you can take. It's going to take each and every one of us standing up. It's going to yes. take a, a whole lot of um, just saying no, absolutely, to it. But I wanted to bring on, is this the one I have here? Um, oh, shoot. I don't have it on the tab there. But you can see. Oh, here's one. Um this is a separate issue, but with nobody really giving any permission, avoiding uh, the legislature, the state of Washington, the Department of Health began a Washington Verify, basically a COVID-19 vaccine pass system. They claim, oh, it's not mandatory. Well, you don't have to make the pass mandatory. You just make the pass available and then private employers make it mandatory or private businesses make it mandatory to get in. And then the states, you know, got the system all set up for you to use. And what's even more alarming than that, that they went ahead and did this, is the fact that they are working very closely as our other states who are doing it with this group called MITRE. You'll have to go back and read the article. We basically have a, a entity with global ties setting up all the states with um, systems that are so similar, they're going to be able to talk and you're going to be able to have a global record yes. of, of what's going on. 
Um, I thought I had bookmarked and I'm not seeing it. I'll have to, um, but I've got the copies of the letters that, that are going out from the Depart Washington State Department of Health. And this is happening in every state, even the beautiful state of Tennessee, where I am now, which is relatively free, the Department of Health is absolutely captured. Letters are going out threatening the doctors. If you basically, if you dare give informed consent, they're saying if you, if you give misinformation, you're licensed on, well, define misinformation. You know, ivermectin works. Here's a hundred studies that shows it works. Here's all the countries that are actually giving it to their citizens in their COVID care kits. It works. What's misinformation? You know, over 900,000 reports of injury reported to the vaccine adverse event reporting system. That's not misinformation. Blood clots, the CDC admits to blood clots and myocarditis and Guillain-Barre syndrome, the paralysis, right? They admit to all that. What is the information you're talking about? The bullying that's happening. But we need doctors to unite. We need all of them to say, I don't care. Take my license. I have, I took an oath, right? Doctors took an oath, a Hippocratic oath to first do no harm and to put their patient first. Yes. You took an oath to uphold the Washington state and the U.S. Constitution as a U.S. trooper, didn't you? Yes, ma'am, I did. Yeah. And um, and you honored it. You honored it on that day when you said goodbye. You know, are you the trooper whose wife works in dispatch? Was that your are you the one because somebody quit and their wife was the dispatch person? No, man, that's a sergeant in Vancouver. His wife was actually the one that signed him off for the last time. That's the one I'm remembering. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Good, good man. I, I worked with him quite a bit. Um, I'm a drug recognitions expert. So him and I worked together over the years. Good man. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's the hardening part is, is that you see these families that this agency and this governor has destroyed. Um, and it's not like we, again, we, we're, we're investigators. We ask questions. I mean, I can sit up late at night and I can read about or listen to commercials about some type of medication and all the side effects. I mean, but when I start asking questions about a medication, you're telling me I have to take, or I'm going to get fired and mm -hmm. you can't answer me. They're just, just shut up and take it. I mean, sorry, I, that doesn't go well with me. So that was my whole purpose of this. I mean, we, we didn't plan to, to, to sign off like we did. Um, that was very much a God thing in regards to what's happening. And even now, I mean, I'm, I'm reaching around the world. I've talked to people in Russia, Ukraine, Australia. Um, I'm a simple guy that, I mean, Facebook, I did Facebook just to keep track of my family from Texas. Um, mm -hmm. I, was, I wasn't on Twitter or anything else. And now it's like I'm trending, whatever trending is. Um, I had to figure out what viral <laughs> was because I didn't know what that was all about either. Um, <laughs> but the thing, the whole point of this, though, is, there is, there's a lot of pissed off people in the country, in this state and in the world. And we have to stand up for this. I mean, it, it's your body. You need to make that choice and that decision in regards to what happens to it. Um, and we're, they're not allowing you to do that. They're forcing you to take things that you know nothing about, just blindly mm -hmm. take them. But when you start throwing out ivermectin, which you're exactly right, and it is very successful in the friends and family I know that have taken it, and mm -hmm. they make fun of you, that's horse medicine. That doesn't work. That's been yeah. used for years and years and years. Well, yeah. And, you know, in fact, I recently spoke to a uh, public, I was invited to speak to a public health um, graduate student class. And, you know, these are young people, early 20s, who've been through the whole medical care system. You know, they've, they're working on their PhDs, they've got masters. And um, 
one of them asked me, one of these students asked me something to the effect of, well, since ivermectin until now has only been studied as a veterinary medicine, and maybe there's just a couple of clinical trials going on with COVID, you know, and I don't remember what, how she, where she was going with that point. But I said, well, I'm very sorry, you know, you've been listening to misinformation and I was able to pull up for her. I said it was invented for human use. It won the Nobel Prize for saving human lives. And, and you know, and here's all the studies on it. Um, I don't remember where I'm going off on that, on that tangent for, but yeah, the misinformation that our own government, you know, I can... I can't forgive, but I expect the pharmaceutical industry to liar, liar, pants on fire. Yes. They have a criminal history of killing people and trying to cover it up. It's all about the money. Nobody doubts that. Um, they've somehow figured out how to brainwash the world that if it starts with a V, if it's a vaccine, that um, that somehow... You know, and who, one of our wonderful people, I think it is Carl Kanthak, um, a couple of years ago when we were fighting legislation um, about the MMR, what did he, he say? Now, I'm not going to get it right. Carl, if you're listening, I apologize. But it's something <laughs> like, you know, they just don't have their like, their little angels and good fairies in a separate part of, of the company working on vaccines. The, the, you know, the demons are over there working making the stuff that might harm you, but only the angels are making the facts. It's the same dang companies, right? Yes. That have, I, I expect them to try to screw me. So I have to do my medical due diligence. It's, it's medical due diligence. It's um, buyer beware. It's, it's um, consumer protection. All of that applies to vaccines. Um, well, it's to anything. But when right. You, when you go shopping, you look at the contents in the box or in the soda can or whatever. You know, that's the thing. And, and part of my job in the state patrol working as a drug recognitions expert, I, I learned about pharmaceuticals. I learned about side effects. I learned about, you know, if you take this drug, you're going to have to take three others so you can actually poop right and actually sleep. <laughs> it goes on and on. Yeah. And, and yeah. they'll push the cannabis thing to in the state as the new snake oil as the greatest yeah. instant sliced bread. Well, now you're getting people addicted to that. So it is, you really have to have buyer beware. You have to educate yourself. And you look at hundred years ago, the homeopathic things that we did. I mean, we ate foods that actually were good for our gut, for many mm -hmm. foods. I mean, uh, apple cider vinegar. I mean, I still yeah. drink a shot of that once in a while. Those are mm -hmm. things that are actually good for you. They've been around for a while, but people think it's hocus pocus. Um, well, people think it's hocus pocus because it's been marketed Yes. By those who don't want cheap medicine. Yes. If medicine was it, it was to become the norm of your food or your um your food to be the norm of your medicine mm -hmm. and and vitamin C and vitamin D and N-acetylcysteine or you know spirulina if people knew you know they wouldn't have trillion dollar vaccine programs to ram down your throat and all the medications you need for the injury leading up to that. i mean you know it's a vicious cycle yes. um and but it's my, my point was i expect them to do me harm what i really anger at angry at is my taxpayer funded public health system that should be standing between me and the pharmaceutical industry, but instead they represent the pharmaceutical industry. They've got, they've got contracts. I'm, you know, people are tired of me talking about AIM though, the Association of Immunization Managers, the head of every single 
um, immunization department in every single state belongs to this collaboration of the pharmaceutical industry. And if, and I encourage every whatever state you're in, find out when they have Department of um, Health meetings, if they have vaccine advisory meetings, those sort of things, attend them, you know, um, and you will be absolutely shocked at what you hear because they are just figuring out. It's like, oh, CDC sent us a million dollars. We can buy billboards and radio ads. And, you know, oh, let's let's put out this campaign to help people who are hesitant, you know. And meanwhile, over here, I'm looking at the levels of VAERS data and I'm getting phone calls from people whose mother just died after the second jab and, yes. and, and people with ongoing health issues that are just so afraid, you know, none of that. They, they listen to none of that. And well, look and, at cancers now, I mean, onset dementia, you yeah. know, and I, I work a lot with mental health and I start looking at the side effects and these triggers. I mean, one of the studies I was reading is most people actually suffer from some sort of schizophrenia. It's just not come to light yet. So usually a trigger is what causes that. It can be uh, something traumatic. It could be drugs. It could be this vaccine. Mm -hmm. So you're you're starting to um, have these different types of medical conditions that they have no idea of what's causing. Well, it's the vaccine. And as a governor, as somebody that actually represents the people, the, mm -hmm. the best thing they could do is, is take the information in and say, look, this is the this is the good part of it. This is the bad part of it. If you wish to go forth with this and have these vaccines, that's on you. Here's your research. This is the facts of what's going on. But to take blood money from this, because I know they all are, um, oh, yeah. is disgusting. Well, and now the schools are taking it now, too. So some yes. of these these big CARES Act, I can't remember the the names of all the things that they're they're just out there printing money and distributing it. Some school districts are getting a hundred million, a billion dollars you know, pumped into their, in the really large school systems, but they have to play by the rules. They have to, every six months, report to the CDC to say that, oh yeah, they're, they're going to be doing this, that, and the other. Um, and yeah, money, money, money is, yes. is just being pumped into it. So that is why we truly, pre-COVID, I have, where's my hat? I can't reach it from here. I've got a hat that says it's separate pharma and state. Yes. Our government and our public health agencies have proven themselves absolutely untrustworthy um, when it comes to vaccines. They need to get out of the pharmaceutical business completely. Vaccines need to go back to being just a pharmaceutical that's on the shelf yes. that individuals can choose or not choose after being given enough information to give either fully informed consent or fully informed decline or declination. There's no easy way to say that. But what I do, Bernadette, I am fully informed dissent, fully, fully informed dissenter. Because when you dissent, it's not just that you are saying no. I don't know if I can say this on CHD, but I am. I, I say hell no. There you go. I, I dissent and I oppose the policy, actively oppose the policy. Yes. So we have to we have to extricate. They shouldn't be prescribing these drugs at all. It's, it's absurd yeah. what they're doing to us. Our taxpayer dollars should not go to marketing these products. It's a personal decision. And and the lies. I mean, I don't know how really they get away with it where, you know, they're telling the little things that go out on social media saying the vaccines are safe and effective. What world do they live in? It's they... propaganda. And that's the thing, you know, it, but shame on us too. 
I mean, before we go out to a, yeah. a doctor's office, and I do this all the time, we rarely go to the doctors. We're, we're very, very healthy people. Yeah. But when they start pushing medications, it's like, okay, what about this side effect? What about that? And they kind of look at me puzzled. And it's like, I research this stuff. This is what I do for my job. So yeah. we all need to take that time and that, that caution. When you take something and you consume something, actually read what's in it, what the side effects are. And if people aren't willing to ask you and answer those properly, right. your questions, then I'd take a wide berth. Right. Well, there's a couple of things that you hit on that are so important is um, a lot of people, even in the medical field, don't understand what they're dispensing. And I'll give you an example is a couple of years ago when our pop was still with us, he was in the hospital and he had some dementia and he, he would get violent in the hospital. And so they were trying to calm him down enough that we could move him to um, assisted living. Um, they put him on a medication and then another medication. And then I got a phone call and in them briefing me on how he was doing that day, they said he was having difficulty swallowing. And I said, well, that's new. He's a good eater. He says, well, he's not eating. He's having trouble swallowing. So I, I knew he had just told me there was a new medication this nurse did. So I looked it up. In fact, the last three drugs that they had given him all had as a side effect, difficulty swallowing. And, and I went ahead and, um, and told that to the nurse. He says, oh, no, that's not true. I said, I'm looking at the, the product insert. They had no idea that they were giving him three medications that uh, would shut, it, shut him down. And it was, um, it was it's, just, it's just tragic that they don't know what they're dispensing. You know, and kind of back to this, the way I kind of describe it, now the people working in public health are not bad people. I, I really want to make that clear. There are some really good people working in public health, but they're working in an absolutely captured system. And like that, that person coming through the public health school at the UW, that person is being fed bad information, not yes. knowing that ivermectin is a human drug, right? And But when they sat around, like in Washington State, they have a vaccine advisory committee, and one of the committee members it is a... Um, the represents the pharmacy, the not the, the pharmacy mm -hmm. industry. All she does is make money buying and selling vaccines and other drugs. Yes. When they do their conflict of interest statement at the beginning of the meeting, she never raises her hand. Mm -hmm. A pharmacist, do you have any conflicts of interest with this? No raising the hand. I, I've let him have it a few times. Well, it's yeah. true though. It's so true. <laughs> so, I mean, even in my line of work, when I go to the hospital, I mean, I'll, I'll investigate bad wrecks and I'll ask you, ask them, what are you guys giving them right now? And they kind of look at me or I'll say, Hey, this person's on methamphetamines. I said, you need to really watch what you're doing or they're on an opiate. Um, when I ask for vitals, let's see what the vitals and they look at me like I'm strange. And it's like, this is where I'm trained. And mm -hmm. I know a lot about pharmaceuticals regarding, you know, the characteristics of it. And that's what I do. But when you start talking that with doctors and nurses, they kind of look at you like pupil sizes. I always ask what size are pupils? And they kind of look at me like, why are you asking that? Well, this drug causes <laughs> this, this drug causes that. So yeah. it's something we can all empower ourselves to do. I mean, there's such an opiate issue right now is what they're saying. Well, yeah, because they prescribe it. I mean, the, the opiates they're having out there now are insane. They used to use them to get people off uh, heroin. And now it's like, this is common for pain because it's cheap. And we want people to get this, but it's highly addictive. So we need to be very, very, very careful about what we consume and what our loved ones consume, and yeah. especially the geriatric community. They, they pop pills all day long. And some of this stuff is just, it doesn't do anything or it, mm -hmm. it's, it's inflicting on other drugs.
Yeah. Years ago, when I worked at the grocery store, I was kind of, you know, they always put me in the natural food department. I was a natural foods manager because even then, you know, and they they came to me, you know, I'm, I, I used to play a nutritionist and now I, I play a doctor and an attorney, you know, I just like to, you know, they say I play a doctor on TV. Well, Bernadette tries to play one in real life on the radio, but no, you know, I am never giving medical or legal advice, um, but I am a loud mouth. So, I mean, you know, so, so this gentleman that I worked with, um, had this weird thing happen to him when he, he lost like 60 pounds in a month. He went from, you know, fairly big to just almost anorexic. He didn't know what was going on. He had been to like six doctors and they, they said, we have no idea what's going on with you. And they were running all these labs and all these checks. And he, so he came to me and he said, Bernadette, I said, well, I'd be happy to try to help and tell me what's going on. And I said, are you on any medications? He said, yeah. And he started listing them. And I said, well, why don't you, you know, write down a list of them for me and I'll, I'll poke around and see what I could find for you. And I said, enlist them in order that you were, they were prescribed for you. So I, it went down in order. The first one he, he was put on was like an antacid type um, drug that kind of shut down his stomach acid. And then he started getting into some sort of indigestion. So then they put on like a proton inhibitor, right? Yep. And then after that, he got this. So it was symptom after symptom. And they were all listed <laughs> in the product inserts. And, and it led him to the point where he basically had shut down his digestive system, his ability to absorb nutrients. Yes. And, and it was killing him. And so I said, well, here's the product inserts here, where is where it looks to me like you're having the symptoms of, and he brought it to the doctor. It was like the Mayo Clinic or something. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said, oh, well, that's only 1% of people. And the guy goes, hello, meet the 1%. <laughs> what? It was crazy. <laughs> well, um, we see that quite a bit, especially people with mental health conditions and the meds they're on to stabilize them. And when I first started doing the research, I was, I had a lot of people that were using methamphetamines. To help with their schizophrenia and i talked to a couple doctors about oh that's not possible i said it is possible it's the same as using you know ritalin or adderall whatever it is for people that have adhd i said it works they take it they take a little hit of it and they can function they're, they're within normal zone well next thing you know there's papers being published on this saying well yeah they're actually this does work so um you're right they get so pigeonholed in regards to what their brochure says or what their salesman says um, yeah. but they really don't take the time and nothing against them. I know they're busy, but there's a reason why your doctor does not give you directives on how do you consume your pharmaceuticals. It's actually the pharmacist. There's yeah. a reason for that. So, um, it throws up another red flag with me. And again, in Washington, they're saying, you know, listen to your doctors, listen to your doctors. Well, when you got your doctor scared already of losing their medical license and they only know what they're supposed to prescribe now, I don't yeah. have a lot of faith in them to be honest with you. And, and you know, the way they crank you through. You yes. know, and as bad as it is with adults, it's even more horrendous with the children. What can you do in a 10 minute visit? You can't listen to the parent. No. You can't really give full information for informed consent to happen. It's just human beings and human health should not be an industry. And yes. sadly, it is the largest industry right now on the planet. Yes. So many people are going broke because they've lost their jobs or they've had to walk away from their jobs. Um, and the pharmaceutical industry is raking it in. But, you know, speaking of jobs, how are you doing? What, what are you doing these days? I'm busy. Um, I'm more busy now than I was when I was trooping. Um, 
when you were stripping did you say oh it's yeah it's well we use the terminology we call it trooping so oh i thought you said stripping oh no no no. (laughs) nobody wants to see that trust me I thought maybe you did a little full Monty thing going on. Oh, there. no, no, no. Like I said, there, yeah, nobody wants to see that. So um, maybe at a blind strip bar or something, maybe to be okay. happy. Um, no, it's, um, we've been doing a lot of um, interviews. Um, so I work for a couple different private security firms. One in particular I've been with for about 19 years. I, he was doing it sideline I was, as I was a trooper. Um, and I called him up when this happened. I'm like, hey, can you guys keep him busy? He said, absolutely. We'll keep you as busy as we can. The problem is when I'm not over there, I'm not making money and it's a hundred miles one way. I work in most of it in, in King County, Seattle, um, Bellevue area. Um, very supportive of, you know, the mission that I'm on right now. Um, Good. all walks of life. It's been just, it's, it's been amazing. Um, a lot of public speaking. I have a lot of congressmen that I'm actually um, supporting for their run for, you know, U S Congress as well as state. Um, there's no shortage job offers. The problem is, wow. is right now I have no rain on me. There's no gag in my mouth. I can say what I want. I can say yeah. what needs to be said. Um, yeah. And once I go off to a certain entity out of respect, I need to kind of watch what I say regarding their system. So right yeah. now I'm in a good spot. Um, the good Lord's taking care of us. Um, tons of support. Um, I'm getting interviews like this. I mean, I've had, um, I had one this morning. I've had a couple yesterday. I'm doing uh, personal appearances. It goes on and on and on. So it's important yeah. though. I, I mean, just like yeah. what you're doing, it is so important. We have to take back our, our lives. We have to take yes. back our communities. And this is where it starts. Yeah, it, it really does. And it can be really scary. You think your life is going to be a certain way, you know, like when I left Washington state, I figured the house we were in is the house we're going to retire in, you know, this was going to be my life. And when you think about making a massive change, it can be really scary. But then once you begin to go on this new journey that you didn't expect to happen, it's, it can be so exciting and you have experiences that you never would have otherwise. And it, what you said kind of reminds me of, of um, I was in Nashville last week and Dale Bigtree was there and gave this amazing inspirational talk to a whole group of people. And he said something like, you know, as he's going along on in this, you know, at times overwhelming, sometimes scary journey, you know, that he's on with people looking to him. Um, he doesn't always know where he's going to go. When, but when he kind of let go of thinking he has to have all the answers, that he has to, you know, be the one to make it happen and to fix everything. When he trusted that he was just a vessel serving God, serving a mission. And if he just put one foot forward, God would put a step underneath of him so he'd have something to step on, right? Yes. It's it's a matter, and you know, I'm putting that in in you know religious terms. Um, and we all, no matter where you are, what your religion or even non-religion, I know atheists who nevertheless believe in the power of life and that all things are connected and that you can have that energetic connection. It all faiths, all religions lead you to that place of if you honor what you know in your heart to be true and you just trust that going down that road, you're going to be okay, it works out, right? That said, we need to stay together, stick together as a community because there are people for whom there isn't that easy next job. 
Yes. You know, yes. um, and, and they're giving up a life dream because of this or that. So look around. I'm always encouraging everybody look around in your community to see if you're in a position to help, how you can help. And I think going out, forget the dang government, find those entities that have historically always helped the poor and, and people in difficult times, you, you know, you're, you're the churches and different nonprofits, the food banks, all of those places, there's an established network already that we could probably go, um, help fund, help people get through this difficult time. Um, well, and you got to look at too, is you have to put yourself aside. It's mm-hmm. not about me. It's about all of us. And I was doing a talk uh, just yesterday and I'm telling people, it's like, look, we're not always going to agree on things. We're not going to have the same, you know, walk in life and so on and so forth. But if I love you enough to have enough respect for your decisions and my decisions, Hey Mm -hmm. man, we're halfway there. And we've Mm -hmm. really gotten away from that. You look at social media is very much into me. What can I do? How much money can I make? And Mm -hmm. it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about all of us. And I think if we go in with that passion for each other, we can be successful. And from day one, that's been my mission. That's been my statement. Leave it better than yeah. you found it. Oh, I love that. Leave it better than you found it. That's that's awesome. Well, one of the things about the marketing of COVID responses um, has been the co-opting of the best part of human nature, because most people just want to do right by their fellow man. Yes. We want to make the right decisions. It, in my heart of hearts, after reading all of the science, I truly believe that healthy people wearing masks does more harm than good. And so, and it doesn't protect somebody who's truly susceptible. Even the CDC says they're for source control, not for personal protection. Right. And so, um, so I believe in standing in my informed stance really does help my fellow man, but I'm not going to get in an argument with somebody who only feels safe wearing a mask. Right. right? No. Yeah. Um, that mutual respect is absolutely essential moving forward. Um, so anyway, the marketing has absolutely co-opted that. And what is frightening is the marketing comes along with saying that anybody who thinks otherwise is selfish, is greedy, is anti-science, is anti-Fauci. Oh, <laughs> because, you know, because, you know, um, Tony Fauci is science. You can't doubt. Have you read this book yet? No. Oh, you have got, got to read. Is it pretty good? Oh, it is. It's everything that has happened <clears throat> and, and the journey of Tony Fauci through his career, what he laid out that got us here today and what's happening. I encourage you to read this book. Um, it's a big, thick book, fully cited and, um, and um, it's available though on ebook for just two ninety nine right now. Oh, wow. audio an audio book if you like to listen to audio, which I do mm-hmm. when I'm driving. I'll I'll listen to it that way, and it's in the library system, so you can borrow it. You don't have to buy it, though. If you can afford to buy it, I encourage you to keep. It's a number one bestseller everywhere. Excellent. But I'm telling you, you're going to learn things that you are going to be absolutely shocked. It's like the history of public health since the 1980s, and the dirty deals with pharma, mm-hmm. and it's not just COVID that have had life-saving treatments squelched because they weren't money makers for the people who are buddy-buddy with Fauci and others at the NIH, okay? Well, I've read some of the documents about AIDS, for instance, regarding oh. Fauci. 
um, bio biological weapons regarding Fauci. I mean, there's, there's yeah. a lot of stuff out here. And in, in this state, we have Bill Gates, yeah. who suddenly is a medical physician. So um, it, it is. And I'm finding, too, with people that they're so overwhelmed with what's going on, just mm -hmm. you know, to the point of, like, do your research. Because they look at me, you're just a cop. What do you know? Okay, you're right. But I see this. I see that. You make your decision. And, and that's been my biggest push in Washington is that follow the Constitution. When people are making you do something, you need to start throwing some red flags up, especially when they can't explain it. And that's mm -hmm. what we're seeing right now. Um, there's no there's endless amounts of documents out there to read about COVID and why you shouldn't shouldn't do it, so on and so forth. But people don't want to see that if it's not in social media and it's not two sentences, they don't want to focus on that. So yeah. I've been trying to approach it from a different angle and just supporting people. You make your decision, but this is why me and my family are not taking it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So a lot of that stuff that you read, if you know, it's in, I should say it for the radio audience, the real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Get yourself a copy, get your friend a copy, send it to your legislator, send it to your doctor, because it lays out that whole history. And you're like, oh my God, I see what happened. I see how we got here and I see what needs to be changed. Right. So we're just about up um, on time here. We're running up against the top of the, oh, I got maybe two more minutes. So good. Um, oh, I had a thought of what I wanted to say. I keep squirreling and then I don't um, get back to it. But I'm just going to have my final thoughts here. Go back to you and your inspiration because, you know, when when you've shown us that you can stand in your truth, that taking um, sort of making that sacrifice is worth it because what you do, you are creating the world your children and grandchildren have to live in. Amen. If you want them to live in tyranny and, and especially medical tyranny, well, you just do what you're told to do. Right. Amen. But it's not about us. And, and I thank you for that. I thank you for being vocal and passionate and articulate and doing your homework, meting, making your medical decisions and sharing your journey with the world. Um, so you. oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for being on the program. I guess I better go. Uh, you've been <laughs> listening to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW. We'll be back next week. Take care. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at healthyimmunitynow.org. That's healthyimmunitynow.org. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. 
My name is Del Beatry, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today.